Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Today's topic is the result of conversations I've had with ministry leaders over the past couple months as the Delta variant has begun to assert itself here in the United States of America It has to do with the problems and the challenges that we survived or barely survived or tried to survive or worked through trying to survive any and all of that in 2020 and the idea of having to live this all over again. For some of the pastor friends that I talked with, they were concerned about their church's very survival Some uh, are just angry and annoyed that this is coming at us again, and rightly so. Some have a sense of deep discouragement over the fact that they may have to adjust, adapt all over again when we really thought this was all behind us. Truly, truly, this has been an extraordinary time for churches, for ministry in general. I never, ever thought I would see the day when the local bishop would send out an email saying, you cannot have in-person worship at Christmas and over Advent season. I took a picture of that and a screenshot and just kind of saved it for posterity and gasped when I first saw it, actually. And I thought it has come to this. I did wonder how many of the medium to smaller size congregations would fare during a time like that, a time of deep shutdown. So again, when pastors and ministry leaders need to face this one more time, they think back to the trauma that was 2020 and, you know, our emotions just kind of interlink back to whether it makes sense or not. You know, we can tell ourselves, well, things are a little different today, but it doesn't matter. Our emotions just kind of interlink all the way back to that moment moment of deep challenge. And boy, you're right back, right back to 2020 all over again. I think many of us were looking at the time in May and June, depending where you live, when caseloads seem to be going way, way down. And then along comes Delta. Having survived 2020 and everything that it brought, all of the rethinking, all of the shifting, all of the, okay, now we made this decision on our COVID task force, and now we have to punt yet again It's not plan A, plan B, plan C, or plan D. We're down there at like plan R. And the fatigue factor of running hard and running fast and having to think fast and step into brand new things, 
because technology is brand new to many, many ministry scenarios and having to learn all of that. I mean, I'm pretty nerdy. I like to mess around with programs and try to learn the logic. Not everybody does like that. And still, even when you're in the initial throes of having to do that kind of work, it's time consuming. And the first time through a process takes you a lot more time than it will, you know, your 50th shot down the road. But still, it's time. I had ministry leaders tell me that it takes them double or more the amount of time to produce something for online as it does just to deliver that live and in person. So there's a lot of challenges that came with 2020, a lot of overwhelmed and tired ministry leaders. And I hear you. And hopefully this conversation, or I guess it's not really conversation, but it's this podcast will help you be less crabby about what's going on right now, or at least help you to maybe ask yourself a question or two that will get you back on the non-crabby path, the path that goes to light and life instead of darkness and despair. I want to share with you a verse from John 1, verse 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I always find it interesting if you light a candle in the middle of a dark room, how it is the light that pushes the darkness back. This is like physics. And for sure, it's not the other way around. The darkness does not push the light back, but the light pushes the darkness back. So, when we think about walking on the in the light and in the life-giving path as opposed to the darkness and the life-draining path, there's some things we can look at and explore. My goal here is not to weigh in on anything COVID-related as to mask, non-mask, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, whatever. You know, the reality is it is what it is right now. So if along the way here, I say something that offends you, just hang on a second because I'm sure I'm going to say something that will offend people with an opposing point of view. This is a spiritual gift that I have. I could just offend everybody. So my goal is just to kind of fly above all that for a moment and look at things from a a deeper theological perspective. Because when you look as a ministry leader, you're faced with the task of loving your people, extending compassion and grace to them, even the ones that don't think the same way that you do. As I sat with a group of ministry leaders, they were just heavily crabby, heavily, heavily crabby about those people who didn't think the same way that they did, those people who behaved differently than what they wanted them to behave like, those people who just were a grand annoyance. And I thought, oh my goodness, how in the world are you going to pastor those people? Because you are the pastor over those people. What do you do when you have to extend grace and compassion to people who don't think the same way that you do, regardless of which side of whatever equation that you're sitting on here? 
And I'm challenged by this because I think about Jesus and I think about how Jesus extended great compassion to us who at various times and places really could have given a fig less about anything related to God, anything related to Jesus. I'm a mid-20s convert to Christianity, so I I can think back very quickly, very easily to the kind of person that I was and the kinds of things that I did and how I could have cared less that God loved me deeply and passionately and that I was a beloved child of the Most High God. That was the furthest thing from my mind. But yet Jesus extends this great compassion to us. And it's something that we need to really keep in mind, you know, and it's a fair, fair prayer to say, Lord Jesus, I do not know how you did that. I think about Moses in the wilderness and how the slaves had escaped and they're heading out of Egypt. And it's not very long. You don't get very far at all before they're grumbling, griping and complaining. And the Margie Bryce paraphrase would be, oh, my, why did we leave Egypt? We were getting three meals a day, Eh, sort of. It wasn't the best food, but whatever. And here we followed this clown out into the desert. What were we thinking? And that happens fairly quickly after they leave, that people are griping and complaining about what's going on. And yet, God's love was still at work, and God's love was still prevailing. So we need to remind ourselves of this deep theology about how uh, when Jesus extended this great compassion to us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us kind of love. And God didn't wait until our thinking aligned with God's thoughts, because what does it say in Scripture? God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts are. So God didn't wait for us to align our thinking, but extended grace and extended it first. So this is our theological challenge for today is to extend that grace first regardless of which little congregant or or person that God has given you charge over, spiritually speaking, be the first to extend that kind of grace. And as always, as always, I have a very practical section coming up that will give you some questions to ask yourself and hopefully get you on that path, that life-giving path as opposed to life draining, because you as a ministry leader need to prepare yourself so that you can be the person that God needs you to be for this time and this place and in this very unique era where we may be looking at some more kinds of lockdown or shutdown. I don't really know, or maybe that's not even going to happen, but we're still having to deal with this COVID kind of issue. So stay tuned. Hey, I would love to hear what makes you crabby or what might make you crabby on just the right day, you know, or maybe, maybe you know what makes your friend in ministry crabby. You could send that along too. Send it to Margie at MargieBryce.com. That's Margie at MargieBryce.com. And that may indeed be fodder for our next session together.
Welcome back. I guess we are closing in on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and I'm sure all of us can remember where we were, what we were doing when that happened. I happened to have been in a church office, and it was my very, very first day in ministry where I was being paid. So I was an associate pastor, and so it was a very exciting day for me. And our secretary was from New York, and she happened to say to me, and I was the only one in the office at the time, hey, a plane hit one of the Twin Towers. And so I was thinking that it was some little, you know, three-seater, four-seater, you know, a little Cessna something that had accidentally hit the towers. And I had no idea until later, she said, hey, a second plane hit. And she was then beginning to call family, friends in New York and get the scoop. Well, I still kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. And it wasn't until I went home and turned on the cable news and saw what was going on that I really understood. The visual was pretty impacting and I know I watched it quite a few times. I think many of us have seen that go down a lot of times as well. One of my friends said to me at that time, she said, I just, I I think I've watched them go down a thousand times. I'm getting so stressed and I'm so anxious and I'm so this and I'm so that. And she was going on and on. And I finally said to her, I, you need to stop watching this. <laughs> this is not, clearly, this is not good for you. You need to just turn it off, turn it off. So when you're looking at steering away from darkness, steering away from the life-draining path or the life-sucking path, whichever one you want to call it, you need to ask yourself, what am I doing that's not really very helpful to me? What is just draining me? And maybe maybe you're reading too much. I know, I think I've read a boatload of stuff about COVID on the internet from both sides of the spectrum, medical to actual journal articles. And I, you know, I still can come away with big question marks in my head. Well, if this and that, then, you know, it can make you crazy. And maybe, maybe though, it's too much. Maybe it's like watching the Twin Towers go down for a thousand times for you. And maybe you need to turn it off. Maybe you're watching too much news. Boy, I can't say enough for how well some of our news agencies have done a terrific job of ramping up the fear in our hearts, or that seems to be their big attention. And my son also got the same kind of undergraduate degree that I have. His was from Michigan State, go green, go white. And mine was from Oakland University in Michigan, go Grizzlies. But we both took a communication arts program. And he was telling me that his degree program talked a bit about the media creating a media event. He said, it's no longer about the issue and the topic, but it's a media event. And you they try to get you to tune in and tune in and tune in and you feel like you're going to miss something if you don't tune in. So the question is, you know, have you watched the same thing a thousand times and is it time to step away, step away from the screen? Only you know what's going on inside of your head and in your heart as you do those kinds of things. But the question really is, what is not helpful? 
to you that you're doing. Maybe what you're doing is some of what Brene Brown has listed as numbing, overspending. Maybe you're overeating. Maybe you're overdrinking. Maybe you're over something else compulsively to try to numb yourself so that you just don't feel what's going on. Again, what is not helpful that you are doing? And I'm going to leave that to the Spirit of God to work you over with. Maybe you need to stop. Maybe you just need to stop some of that. So then if you're looking at walking into the light, what are some things you can do? What are some things you can start? And maybe you have a list of self-care items that you just haven't been doing. Many pastors, many ministry leaders are not taking a Sabbath day. Many are not taking vacation time. Many are stepping back and feeling like they're being slackers if they don't do the things that actually bring them life. And you cannot do that. I remember when I was serving in ministry, I would slack on going to the gym and working out because I felt like I was being a slacker. I felt like I should be doing other things. And to quote my spiritual director of many years, stop shooting all over yourself. So stop it right now. Stop shooting all over yourself. You need to do the things that are going to bring joy, that are going to bring life, that are going to fill your tank. What things could you be doing to fill your tank, to make your life better that you have just set aside because you feel like you're you're too busy. You're too busy to do that. Let me tell you, if you stop doing the things that are going to bring light and life into your into your existence, you are going to be a crabby pastor or a crabby ministry leader very quickly. Very quickly, you will turn into that. Especially if you're doing the first thing. If you are numbing if you are watching too much TV or too much cable that is just draining the life out of you and you are foisting in the darkness into your heart and life. And then at the same time, you are just neglecting the self-care that is going to help you keep on keeping on with Christ. You will soon be the crabby pastor. I want to leave us with this, this kind of question. What did you do to survive a difficult situation in the past? How did you get through it? What did you do to get through it? Now, most of us have survived COVID-19 through 2020 until now most of us have. How did you, what did you do to get through that? And maybe, maybe today you're feeling like, oh, I just barely scraped through it. It was all I could do to put one foot in front of the other. The bottom line is, is that you did and you did it and God was faithful to you. And then your prayer becomes, Lord, can you help me to keep on keeping on Lord, can you help me to rest in you? Lord, will you 
help me to sustain myself and will you help me bring light and life into my into my life will you help me lord to step away from the things that really are not helping me move forward i believe god will answer all of those kinds of prayers so i've left you here with quite a few questions quite a few things that you can contemplate and really dig into so that you can extend compassion and grace to those around you who don't think the same way that you do about all this COVID stuff. So be blessed this day. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for considering what it looks like to be the crabby pastor. And my hope and prayer would be that you would be doing everything that you need to do to not be the crabby pastor.